Georgian bag. That's a nasty looking finger, lady. You got the face? What? No. Hey, I got your fertilizer. We Welcome back, Interweb friends. This is Stop the Movie I Want to Get Out. Hollywood makes bad movies. We make fun of them. I'm Alex Dunbar, I'm joined as always by Cody Wolf. I just want to know if he's a cop or a lawyer. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> the question anyone who watches this movie should ask. Brian Mueller. Well, I don't know about that, but I know one thing. She's not a nun. <laughs> My favorite character, the MVP of this movie is that guy. Yeah, that's very good. And joining us while donating platelets, from the, do the Blood Donation Center, we could not have picked a more inappropriate movie for Jack to be discussed <laughs> while donating blood. Jack <laughs> <laughs> oh, just uh, one thing. The next time we do a podcast, I want you to show me Jade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is our movie this week. The next time I give the next time I give blood, I want Jade to be there. Yeah, yeah. Here's my first question: Had any of you, Jack, Jack, and I were talking before? I vaguely we remember maybe out. having seen it, but I definitely remember when it came out when there was buzz about it. It wasn't good buzz. Yeah, but I remember I, that. I I had never heard of it until you you suggested the other day. Okay, Brian, have you ever seen it? No, I'd never heard of it either. Oh my God. All right, so I, as the resident old guy, I, I will give a little background on this movie. So the, the sexy thriller genre kind of <laughs> took off in the 80s and like went into supernova state with Basic Instinct. After Basic Instinct came out, it was just like any, it, this was like after Star Wars came out, like every sci-fi script was like greenlit immediately and rushed into production. After Basic Instinct is a huge hit, like every sexy thriller script that Hollywood had went into production. But this one was unique because Joe Esterhaus, writer of Basic Instinct and Linda Fiorentino was coming off. She had just done The Last Seduction, which basically she should have won an Oscar, but because it showed up on cable TV, she was not allowed to win an Oscar. Anyway, Linda Fiorentino was like white hot rising star. David Caruso leaves NYPD Blue to make this movie and Kiss of Death. And he was like the hottest thing on TV. So they were basically like, they thought he was going to have like a George Clooney-esque kind of transition. And Chaz Palminteri was coming mm -hmm. off with this boy's life, so he was red hot. Mm -hmm. And this is directed by William Friedkin, who made The Exorcist and The French Connection. So this movie was kind of like, when it was coming into theaters, was like, look out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and then it comes into theaters and promptly falls on its face. Um, and is absolutely ridiculed, but like a ton of Hollywood power was behind this movie when it came out, which is why it's kind of infamous. And what makes how dumb it is even more crazy because yeah. this was not a lack of resources in any way. Like, how can you direct the French connection and then be making this movie and be like, yeah, this is it. No, or, or even like the X, I mean, like, 
when you look at early William Friedkin and then like late career William Friedkin, you're like, are we sure this is the same guy? Like, I, I think I read a quote too where he said this was his favorite movie that he had done. He has said that. He which, has said, which is he trolling? I, well, I think he may be trolling because, because he is blind hysteria. Yeah. He's kind of, it can make you delirious. <laughs> I think he likes to kind of antagonize a little bit and like, like clearly this movie is not better than like, no, there are no. like, you know, multiple other, even not great William Friedkin movies that are better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also stars Michael Bean, who I took yeah. no was in this. Yeah. Movie. With the mustache. Like, oh, Michael Bean. Rocking a mustache this time around. Yeah. Funny story about Michael Bean, um, former um, uh, Syracuse sports reporter Alicia Panisi um, was in Tombstone, Arizona recently and met Michael Bean. Johnny no Ringo? kidding. Yeah. A- apparently he lives there now. Does he really? Yeah. He's, he's cashing in on being in the movie Tombstone. Yeah, he was just like hanging out at a... At a um, Place signing autographs. So I got. I got to tell my wife that story. She loves Tombstone. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. I love Tombstone too. Wow, that's pretty. I would actually. I'm your Huckleberry. In signing autographs in Tombstone, I'd be like, I, I got to get in on this. I do yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's go into this movie and. Um, ooh, this is really something. <laughs> because can I say before we get started that it infuriates me how ridiculous this movie is? Not only because of the the star power behind it and the talent that went into it but it also looks really good like like in terms of the 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 cinematography and like the camera blocking and things like that so it's like the movie's so bad it's like how well you're getting like that big time hollywood crew you know like i was saying before there's so much juice behind this movie as it's getting made that you're getting like a high-end cinematographer you're going to get like a high-end um, production designer, you know, and it's William mm-hmm. Friedkin. You know, so, like, that's what makes this all so crazy because it was like, did anybody read, really read this script and say, like, this is where, like, this is how we should use our resources. We should get, like, the best crew. I think this is a Paramount movie. Don't hold me. No, it must be a Paramount movie because um, William Friedkin's wife was, like, head of the studio at the time. Um, I, you know what? I just answered my own question. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But the movie the movie starts with we're getting like a walking tour of a fancy house as a guy is getting attacked and killed. And we see all these photographs of him with with various uh, politicians. And politicians, right, right, like famous politicians. And it's really weird because I, I don't know about you guys, but the audio was so bad I had to turn on subtitles. I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not oh, the sure muffled speech. Here. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, that guy's getting murdered. Um, and it seems like oddly, I don't know. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, the mystery of how this guy is, the mystery of who is killing this guy is going to be the mystery of the movie, I guess. But they're not giving us like any clues at all. So you're like, so why even show us this? Right. Like, why not just show us like this guy was murdered? Like, there's kind of no point to this whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we movie moves for, forward to a super fancy gala where, and I laughed at this, David Caruso is playing a character named, again, David Caruso playing David Corelli. 
Yeah. Like they're really like, okay, you know what? Like this guy's been busy. Let's just make sure we keep him, uh, <laughs> let's not shake it up too much. At one point he says like, I'm David Corelli. And I was wondering like, if he had a, if he screwed that up at all saying that line, like I'm David Cruz. No, David Corelli. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? You'd have to think so. And you get like, this movie's, the the relationships and what's going on between people is very confusing. And I'm sure we're going to get into that later on, but he's cutting in Chaz Palminteri and Linda Fiorentino are dancing and David Caruso is kind of like cutting in and, but it seems like everybody's friends, Mm -hmm. but you're like, okay, what, who, what's going on? I like, at first I'm like, I think Chaz Palminteri is her husband, but like, yeah, they don't really say because it just seems like they're both into the same woman. And right. they're both like trying to like court or whatever, but it's like, no, the one is her husband and the other is a friend of them too, but they never really established that in this scene, I don't think. It doesn't get established in this scene. And and I'm I'm this is sort of like a, a half compliment, half insult, because it was very confusing to me, but I also kind of like that they didn't treat us like dummies. Like there weren't lines like, David, you're my best friend, and you used to date my wife, but now That's we're true. all great friends. Uh, now, yeah, maybe still like her, but again, we're all great yeah, I friends. I was, and, I was on, I was on board. Helped. I was on board. I think with the relationship between these three fairly soon, but Cody, who expressed to me through text form while watching the movie, uh, did make a. Uh, uh, a query that I also did until at some point in the movie, where it's finally revealed, is what exactly David Crusoe's character does in law enforcement. But like in terms I'm, of, I, I went on IMDb after I watched this and I saw a Metacritic review and it, and literally in the Metacritic review it said David Crusoe plays a San Francisco police officer. So it's like this person watched the entire movie and still didn't know either. He is. He says at one point he's, he's with the DA's office, but it's like he's acting like a, a cop. He's on every crime scene, mm-hmm. riding around with cops, like just hanging out with the cops all day. It's like, yeah, I was I was saying like, why, why didn't they just make him a cop? Because he, the fact that he was a lawyer proved like didn't do anything. Right, and, and the, not about this. You, you know why? They well, I'll tell you why they couldn't have him be a cop. Because you're right, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They needed to have the scenes with Richard Crenna as the governor of California. And they were like, oh, a police detective couldn't be politically connected to the governor of California. So they were like, it's got to be like an up and coming assistant attorney who's going to be like running for it, you know, like where there's like a political connection. But it's very like. It, the, it's dumb. It would have been easier. Doesn't even need that. Like yeah, it would have been easier to figure out a different way to do that than make none of his actions in the rest of the movie make any sense at all. Right. To have like, like an ABA who's like in like car chases, arresting and, people, <laughs> guns, and like yeah, and like gathering evidence. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, that's, very the whole, that's why it's law and order. Right. Right. <laughs> it's separate. not law order. Order. Yeah. Order. half hour. Order. Because <laughs> this gets the most confusing. Let's talk about this. So he leaves the gala because he gets a call. There's been a murder. And he's like, I got to go. This hmm. guy was, you know, this rich guy was just murdered. And Linda Fiorentino is like, no, I just saw the guy earlier today. And, and, and literally, Bruce was like, okay, cool. Anyway, I got to go. You know, we'll come back well, to that in an hour. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know I got the impression is like they all knew this guy, like that the, they were somehow like close with this guy or whatever. And that's why like he went on to this crime scene. And, but I, I don't think so. Like I, he's well known, but, but they're not like, like they're I don't know. Personally. 
I had the sense that all three of them had, like were very, you know, personally connected to this guy, but I guess not. I, That's how it was treated in this first scene. I thought. It, it, you, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. But then you're like, I don't think Caruso actually does know who he is, like, or is close to him. Oh, I think like we I later find out that only Chaz, Paul, Monteri, and Linda Fiorentino know him, and Car- like Caruso's kind of like just learning, yeah. kind of knew who he was, but didn't know him. Just the way, like he, just the way he answers the phone. He's like, so and so, you know. He's like, oh, I gotta go. So and so was just killed. It was like, like they'd all known, like you know. I mean, yeah. Right. Busting in, he, you know, goes goes to the uh, crime scene, um, and, and to, to Brian and Cody's point, he comes into the crime scene. And he's immediately like, he's looking at it, and he's like, "This is rage." And I'm like, "Are are you investigating?" Like, yeah. He is. yeah. Yeah, like, wait, are you, you're also so you're a police officer, a profiler, and an assistant district attorney. Like, at like, one point later in the movie, at, all. T- at one point later in the movie, he touches a dead body, like at a crime scene. He's just like for no reason, right? It's like okay, and I I love how this movie handles evidence, like crime scene evidence, because it sort of does reference it. There's a the point where he's like. Hey, all right. Have the techs been through this room? They're like, yes. He's like, cool. Starts opening stuff up. He's like, here's more evidence. <laughs> what, like, what, what does that mean? Why did you even establish that then? You know? Um, so weird. Well, he finds, so he's, and his own side investigation of the crime scene, he finds a, a cufflink, like an anchor cufflink, and he gives it to one of the cops and says basically like, hide this evidence like don't do anything with this until i tell you to which i, I is can i bananas. say one of my biggest frustrations with with this movie is we i don't think we ever learn what that other like the 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 police officer who he gives the cuffling to what her deal is because yeah. this seems like a big thing he's like hey hide this evidence and she's like all right great i'm on it <laughs> and even later in the movie it's not clear. Even later in the movie, he's he tells her he's like, "You're taking a huge risk," and I'm like, "Yeah, who is she?" Right. Like, what? At, at this point, I thought they were partners because I thought he was a cop, so I yeah, it made sense to me. But <laughs> I thought I thought at one point they were a couple, although I think I may be wrong about that. It, yeah, I think they're just like work together a lot and are, I guess, close. I guess they're close, close enough where she's like, "I guess I'll hide evidence for you." Right. Yeah. Close mm-hmm. enough for, for some casual interior. evidence tampering. Yeah, yeah, for the entire investigation for us the movie, she's just hidden this evidence like that never comes out. It never, yeah, it never comes yeah, out. No, no. Yeah. Well, it's just a and, trend of David Caruso just like you know just sauntering around the crime scene, just finding evidence that I was all the police previous just missed. Right. I was so frustrated that he did not put on a pair of sunglasses and give a really ridiculous but apropos pun. That's a I was waiting point. for it. Well, well, I was waiting for it. I was going to say, like, once he discovers that the murder victim had a collection of small boxes filled with pubic hair, like, <laughs> oh, this like begs for a CSI like clean <laughs> line. You know, looks like this investigation just got a little hairy. <laughs> I know, I know. That just like this is what it means. Looks like someone got him by the short hairs. <laughs> <laughs> CSI San Francisco a prequel to CSI Miami <laughs> see how Dave Caruso made the transition from a San Francisco ADA to a Miami cop <laughs> it, it, it also can't be said enough this movie hinges 
on a guy who had a collection of little boxes full of pubic hair. It's so creepy. And instantly, well, like instantly Caruso hones in on one and he's like, what's going on with this one? Right. And I'm like, why? Why that one? That's why I don't understand understand this whole plot is like, so they try to find out who killed him, but then they find out his pubic hair. Then they start looking into all these uh, prostitutes or whatever. And, and it takes this whole other pa- like road, the rest of the movie. And then eventually like, Oh yeah, that guy that we have to solve that, that crime still. They could have done the DNA. They could have done DNA in 95. Sure. Yeah. It was kind of like, this is, I, this movie is such a timestamp because it's pre It was made pre OJ. Okay. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. Made pre OJ trial. Yeah. So DNA was not still in its infancy. Yeah. Viewing public. Yeah. But again, it's like crazy. There's like twenty boxes of pubic hair, but instantly he's like, "I need to know more about this one." Yeah. We probably said that more in this podcast than ever before. (laughs) Yeah. What about the other nineteen? Like, you know, he's like, "This one has a weird symbol on it. I need to know about this one." Hey, boss, this one has initials on it. I don't care about that. (laughs) You know. What? Well, I know that that, that, well, that one they showed, it was like two Kens from Sandra. So he probably just thought like, oh, those are just gifts. But this one is a symbol. That's, that's what, what kind of at. gift is that? This one's <laughs> mysterious. I was like, this is so dumb. You know, people collect different things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, look, I'm not kink shaming. I'm just curious. I would also <laughs> say, I mean, we would be remiss if we did not note there is a lot of hair in those boxes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a disturbing amount. Packed to the brim with pubic hair. Yeah. I mean, it's like steel wool. Yeah. I mean, Pack it looks like pubes. this guy started this collection in the 70s or something. I mean, like, <laughs> weird. It's weird. More, 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 more plentiful samples back then. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, no. So then they, it casually kind of comes out that David Caruso used to date Linda Fiorentino. Yes. yes. So they give us that context, which is like, oh, okay, I guess that's the context for that Dallas scene. And I'm like, okay. And then we jump into what, like, then this movie kind of turns up the, like, the plot where we find out, oh, they have... Uh, they found a roll of film that has pictures of the governor of California having sex with some woman. Uh-huh. Okay. And like Michael <laughs> Bean immediately is like, these don't, we can just throw these out. And, and like everyone else is like, uh, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. We can throw these out. I mean, you know, guy was yeah, yeah. murdered and this was what was on the film. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably got to keep that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We get the requisite 1990s movie racquetball scene. Of course. Uh, well, I was thinking this is a little, this oh, is a little outdated because that's more of an 80s thing. I was like, what the hell? It's a racquetball? It's, like- 80s. it's definitely more 80s, but stayed into the early 90s. Someone should do a database of 80s and 90s movies that feature racquetball. You know, that would be good. Yeah. Racquetball yeah. DB. Maybe. Racquetball IMDb. So, David Caruso, who, I, if you, you have to be like watching this movie carefully, but he's an ADA. So he goes up to talk to the governor of California and he says, this scene is wild. He says to the governor, 
goes up to the governor's office. He's like, hey, can I have a, can I have a couple minutes to show you something? And uh, the governor's like, yeah, absolutely. And David Cruz is like, can we have some time alone? The governor's like, I don't know. My right-hand man's here. He sees everything. And, you know, Dave Cruz is like, all right, here's some pictures of you having seen. You know, like, maybe, maybe set that up a little. Maybe if you gave the governor a little more context on that, he would have asked that guy to leave. Right. Even that guy seems uncomfortable. Like, right. even that guy's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed yeah. to be here for this. Right. <laughs> like, at least, can you at least turn around for a second, dude? <laughs> yeah. Like this borders on a hostile work environment. Um, <laughs> it's very Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the governor is basically like, um, how, "How do we make this go away?" Or I, I don't. It's there's something I don't know how it, how it. They essentially just establish like, yeah, David Crusoe knows the governor, and the governor is like aware that they have pictures of him. Right. Yeah. I, I don't really know what where it went. Other than he's like, can I keep these? And then Drew was like, sure, I got more. And that yeah. was like, I, I, I can't remember where else it went, like what their decision was, what he's doing. Unless he's like, I'm just going to keep looking I, in. This and I think the governor is basically like, yeah, your career is over if this ever comes out. So let's mm-hmm. just. Oh, okay. <clears throat> right. But let's David Cruz was like. like happen. This kind of makes you wonder, like, why did David Caruso come up here and tell the governor that? Like, I'm, I'm guessing he wanted, well, once again, not something an attorney would do, but um, if, if we're operating under the assumption that David Cruz is also a police officer, I guess it would be something you would do to see what the connection was between well, him and the guy that were, got killed. Well, yeah. There's also a wild yeah. scene later find out, because David Cruz is the assistant district attorney. And mm-hmm. the district attorney is like, hey, could you have run that past me? And even if you think that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree with him. Like, if you're the main district attorney, you should be like, maybe you should have run that past me before you went and did it. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, something like that. I'm going to go around. Presenting the, the governor. governor of California with pictures of him having sex with a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to mention that with one to your boss. <laughs> and, and to which point, David Cruz, because the, the DA is like, I might have to take you off this case. And, and then David Cruz is like, take me off this case. And I'm just going to go public with the pictures of the governor. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Blackmailing his own boss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a double again, blackmail. This is the hero of our movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, um, yep. shut up, old man. You haven't tried a tried a case in ten years. <laughs> I was like, whoa. All right. Um, so they find out the murdered guy was also connected to like a a beach. That's not a. I, mean, I guess it's kind of a beach house. It's like a coastal California house, like a, like a vacation house. And the vacation house, like there, there's a neighbor who, who, one of the weirder subplots, there's a neighbor who has like a telescope pointed at the vacation house and seems to be like cataloging everyone who comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I felt weirder about this too because the guy was like an old guy. Like it was like a younger guy. It was like, geez, Jack. <laughs> it was like a younger guy who would be like, okay, I have some pretty guy. It was like an old like grandpa guy. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing anything weird with this telescope. Yeah, I'm not doing anything weird with a telescope aimed at a house that, that the police are investigating as like a sex house. dungeon. Oh, Jack's out. Jack's passed oh. out. All right, we're, yeah, we're okay. We're, no, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. But uh, 
the process is winding down, so I'm going to mute the mic for a bit. Guys, keep going. I'm listening. I'll be with you. That might be good, because judging from the sounds we were getting from Jack, I thought his life was winding down. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay. And then they identified the women in the pictures with the governor as Angie Everhart. And there's like your kind of classic like law and order scene where they're like, uh, hey, Miss Everhart, can we have a talk with you? And she's like, oh, certainly. Let me just tie my shoe. I gotta go. And she like takes <laughs> off running. It would be a classic law and order scene if, if Sam Watterson chased down bad guys and tackled them in the streets. So. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have seen that. I really thought, again, my favorite character in the movie, but the old detective who's yeah. kind of like, I I thought he was going to die during it. He's selling it. He was selling it. I, and I think they did that just so David Caruso could be the guy chasing, chasing her down and tackling her. Cause like, well, the old cop guy, he's, oh. he's the one cop who can't, you know, hold his own and chase like this. So well, well, he's the guy that's supposed to get in the car. And then when she runs out of the alley, he like hits her with the car. Like that, that, right, right. that's what he should have done. That he's By doing something like savvy. And then it, it feels like on the day they suddenly realized like, Oh, is this not a good look for a, a fit dude to just tackle Angie Everhart violently? Like down a flight of stairs. Down and then they show her face later on and it's all bruised up yeah. and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Do you do you know the story behind that actor who played that that old uh, investigator? No, because I was I was because re- when I watched him, I'm like, man, this guy looks like he's never acted before, and like <laughs> he doesn't really have a face as an actor. So I looked up his story. He only has two credits. This was his first credit, and the only reason he got the role was he was an actual San Francisco cop. And he called the DA's office when he was investigating a case because he needed to run something by him. And the DA guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you. I have some people that are with me right now. So they, he did. So like an hour went by, the, this guy calls back to you and he's like, hey, man, like DA's office, I need you. And he's like, OK, we'll come by. And it turns out the people that were with the DA or the ADA were um, David Caruso and the director. And they were like basically like talking with the DA's office for research for the film. And then they meet this guy and they're like, hey, you'd be perfect for this role as the police investigator. So that's how he got the role. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that's cool. He, he had like two months of vacation, and he took all of his vacation to film this movie. Nice. He did pretty well for for that being the case. Yeah, he was arguably the best person. He's yeah. maybe yeah. the most naturalistic performance in the movie. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of makes sense. But yeah, he did like this movie, then he did like one other film, and like that was it. <laughs> God, vacation ran out. He's yeah. Like, yeah. He's arguably like the seventh lead in this film too. Like I can't believe they just plucked a non-actor off the street and put him in. He's in so much of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's in a ton. And I was actually kind of surprised because I stopped the movie like after the second scene to read about it. And I was like, okay, he's probably not going to be in it much later. It's like they gave him more work as the movie went on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he should have been. Should have carried through because he kind of disappears towards the end, but he should have carried through too. I mean, he arguably, if they had done some rewrites, could have been the lead of the film, but that might have been a little too much for him. Yeah. He's almost the, like, in the basic instinct comparison, he's almost like the George DeZonda character, who's, like, the partner in basic. Like, he's maybe the closest thing David Caruso has to a partner in this movie. Yeah. Well, and the other lady who pockets the stolen evidence. Again, we don't know what the deal is with her. Want to know more about that character. Um. 
So they bring Angie Everhart in, they bring her into the uh, interrogation room in the San Francisco Police Department, which is not only located right next to the shooting range, but there's a window so that witnesses can watch people shoot guns. And again, here's so they bring her into the police station to interrogate her and David Caruso is interrogating her on his own. There's no investigator there, no cop. No, it's just like he's just there investigating or uh, interrogating her. It really raises the question of like, because you're right, to both your points, like he is he is the police and the prosecutor. Yeah. And there are legitimately points where Michael Bean or or the older cop or somebody else should be like, what are you doing? Like, let us do our jobs here. Like, get out of here. And again, this is this is it feels like it would make more sense if like he had some personal connection to the guy who was murdered. Right. Because then he's like yeah i don't care i'm I'm on this case i'm with you guys because i have to figure this out you know other than it just being another case for him i know his ex-girlfriend is kind of involved but he doesn't really know that up to this point um right. so to for him to be this involved with it just doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't yeah. and, and when she then she asked for a lawyer and as a lawyer he should be like respectful of that but he like goes off on her for asking for a lawyer and like convinces and there was him. no one else in the room with him Right, and he just convinces her not, like not, not even an officer. Lawyer. It was just him alone. He Which said I would if, say, and Brian can probably back me up on this as a guy who used to do mock trial. What he does is still illegal. Like, even if he's trying to convince her she doesn't need a lawyer, from the point she asks for a lawyer, like, that's it. Like, right. everything David Caruso does from that point forward is illegal. Again, hero of the movie. Guy's doing a great job. And, like, and, and apparently no one had read her her rights either. Well, was she even, like, under arrest or anything? Like, he didn't arrest her, did he? Because the only reason he went to look for her is because he knew he had sex with the governor, which isn't, like, illegal. I don't I, think he can arrest people, but maybe he can. Well, I, I well, Yeah, but he, he like, <laughs> chases her down, tackles her down a flight of stairs and is, like, brutally interrogating her. It's like, she's not actually under arrest for anything. You're just questioning her to get information about this case, right? I think, I think so. so. I yeah, I think so. I mean, they may have arrested her for running away. I, I you know, it's it's weird. It's just right, arrest <laughs> You're under arrest for prostitution. I know. Yeah, they may have arrested her for something small so they could keep her there and talk to her, but it just wasn't. Yeah. You know, it just didn't feel clear enough. It, yeah, it's very weird. But but Angie Everhart gives a very weird monologue that reveals that she was a sex worker and that. Angie Everhart is is essentially like, hey, I'm pretty good. I'm maybe like the Larry Bird of sex workers, but this girl Jade, I mean, she's like the Michael Jordan of sex workers. Like everybody is like, you know, I mean, she's like a legend, you know. <laughs> um, all. You know, all the clients are like, oh, you're not Jade. Uh, uh, okay, I guess you'll do. Super yeah. hot girl that looks like a model. Yeah. Um, just like, okay, uh, great. And she gives him that, but then she, it's not even clear what happens after that point. I think the scene just kind of ends and we end up with the, um, this is where we get the first Caruso, uh, it's not really a car chase, but we get the, the first Caruso car scene when he's in his car with no brakes going down a San Francisco hill. Yeah, um, I feel like any, so ridiculous. Any like, especially thriller that I've ever seen take place in San Francisco, there is someone's brakes get cut so that they can yeah go soaring down those hills. And I think it'd be funny if one time they were going up a hill when the brakes went out, and the scene was just of them like slowly falling backwards. Yeah, 
I also love that David Caruso, who the movie leads us to believe is a smart, educated person, at no point just steers his car to the side of the road so it's sideways. Right. It's almost like Caruso is like in a video game. He's like, I still got to get to the bottom of this hill. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to crash into like a shrub or something. It's much better for me to endanger the lives of dozens of people rather than like run into the sidewalk with my car. Uh, well, then there'd be a lawsuit if you ran into someone's house or... Right, much better right. that way. Well, he almost runs into a bus full of children. That's true. <laughs> and ends up rolling. His car rolls like, you know. At that point, he's like, "Oh God, I, my steer, my my steering wheel does work." And then he rolls. Like, <laughs> I love the expression on his face when they do that insert shot where he's like, and he's like moving around in a circle. I love that. I laughed out loud. And the bus full of screaming kids. And the whole thing was so cliche; it was ridiculous. It was bad. And they kind of come to him and they say to him, like, oh, wow, hey, like the uh, the older cop is like, yeah, your brakes were cut. And like, yeah, everyone's sure. reaction just kind of like, okay, all right. And, and, and it's resolved. Like, there's really no. We never find out who it was. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess the movie wants you to believe it was Michael Bean or the other cop who, whose yeah. character, I don't even know his name. Or the, there were three of them, weren't there? Well, there's the the yeah. like the, the yeah. uh, what do you call the it? The for the governor, or the or Michael. There's kind of the there's three two like there's two cops, I think. Yeah. yeah, there's two cops. There's another guy because at the end there was like three of them in the house. But yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that's kind of, the thing is like with all these, uh, you know, uh, criminals or bad guys, we're gonna call them in this movie. It's like who's doing anything? You never know. You never know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that wasn't a distributor. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Don't worry. Okay. It's one of my favorite. I thought the mic was off. I'm sorry. Okay. It's one of my favorite things about this movie. Jack walking around. So Jack's just life. walking around the blood institute with his headset on. Uh, at least you got your new Channel 9 uh, mask on, so it looks like you're doing some official work. It does. It does. <laughs> Jack, I need you to describe to everyone at the Blood Donation Center the ex how many tins of pubic hair the murder victim had. <laughs> That's going to get barred from Danny Blood again due to the disturbing nature of the I'll conversation. I'll do it for 50 bucks. I'll do it for 50 bucks. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they, so, he, so many things happen in this movie where characters' reactions are just like they have no reaction to things that should be like life altering. Like David Caruso's breaks are cut, he almost died, nothing happens. In like one scene later, they tell him, hey, we were able to get a fingerprint from that ax, uh, that bloody ax from the crime scene. We got a fingerprint off it. It's Linda Fiorentino. And he's like, hmm, okay. You know, sounds you know sounds about right. Oh, my my ex girlfriend and the wife of my best friend, and uh, yeah, okay, uh, all right. You know what I should on the do? Murder I, weapon? Yeah, on the murder <laughs> weapon. Oh, okay. Um, all right, just another day. Let me. Uh, and his first reaction is, you know what I should do? I should go tell her husband that uh, who's also a defense attorney that Linda Fiorentino's fingerprints are on the murder weapon. That's that's a good investigative thing for me to do. Um, and, but remember, he's not an investigator. That's right. That's, right. that's why I brought a couple with him that time. 
Yeah. I, I feel like even the cops would be like, uh, hey man, <laughs> you know, this this could be a problem. But this could be a problem when you try to prosecute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Investigator David Caruso might be creating problems for prosecutor David Caruso. And by the way, other problems have been created by CSI tech David Caruso. Yes. This whole thing does remind me of, because um, on Law and Order SVU, there's a character who is now an ADA who used to be a cop on the show. Yeah. And there was an episode where he gets like very involved in a case like this because it was like a personal thing, I think. And then the mm-hmm. defense it, during the trial is like, why were you this involved with it? Like they're trying to basically use that against him because like you shouldn't be this involved with the actual investigation. So the, the whole movie, I was thinking of that, that episode. So it's like, he's way well, involved in this. Cause he's, I'm assuming going to be prosecuting it. So. Yeah. It's, it's one of the other problems with this, with this movie and a thing of a storyline that doesn't exist, but that should essentially be the storyline of the movie, which is immediately, they should be like David Caruso, your ex-girlfriend's prints are on the axe, you know, and you're very close friends with her husband, who is her defense attorney. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, this you're out. Just dripping. This is just dripping with uh, 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 um, 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 conflicts of interest. Ooh, Jack's, Jack's audio has downgraded. <laughs> we're, we're out of the I can drive with the headset yeah. on if you want. I can drive with the headset on if you want. Yeah, I'll do it. Put no. this to no, 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 no. Keep, no. keep giving those platelets. That was the key to the audio. Yeah. Hang on one second. Let me hang on. let me let me Don't pull drive. over. Wait, Jack. I'm not gonna drive with the headset on. No, Jack, I'm gonna sit in the car with the headset on and I'm going to wait. Jack, I will do the podcast. Did you say you're driving down a grassy hill to catch up with another? I did. I did. Oh my god, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, guys. We'll be fine. It is the craziest thing in this movie that like, so they then do have a meeting where the police investigators and David Caruso meet with Linda Fiorentino and Chaz Palminteri. And there's this the whole thing where Chaz Palminteri is like, uh, she's agreed to talk to you if we all agree she's not a suspect. And David Caruso is like, well, we agree to that. I'm like, what? Like, like, I wanted to hear the cops be like, uh, wait, wait a second. Can you give us another minute to see if we all do agree to that? Because our only suspect. Yeah, and her prints are on the murder weapon. Uh, yep. You know, it's. Um, I think what's funny, knowing what we find out later in the movie how not freaked out Linda Fiorentino is and how much more freaked out. This is on the level of like when you next time you watch The Hateful Eight, you can be like, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's character should be a lot more freaked out over the course of this movie than he is. Mm -hmm. And like Linda Fiorentino's reactions to some information should be a lot stronger than they are, where she's just kind of like, huh, I don't know, that's so weird. Yeah, I think I did handle the axe. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yo, he was brutally murdered like a short time. Boy, that's weird. What a weird thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Can't help you though. I I guess we're done here. (laughs) I'll be seeing you at the next Black Tie Gala, I guess. Yeah, and she's like, no, I've never, I've really had no contact with him. This is one of those real ones where if you're Linda Fiorentino, again, knowing what we later find out, she should be like, Okay, uh, let me, 
hold on, let's get my husband out of the room and I got some beans to spill because there's, you guys might be about to find out some other stuff, you know. Well, yeah, it works. It works against her interest to obviously she's 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 apparently embarrassed about having this double life. She doesn't want it to come out. But, you know, she's having a double life and she's brushing up against this brutal murder. One would think if she were innocent of the crime, which in the movie, spoiler alert, she is. She's now not she's she's involved sort of tangentially. She had a thing with the victim. The victim was taking pictures and trying to extort the governor. She's been identified possibly by someone else. She should be right out front and say, yes, look, I'm a sex worker. I've got this alter ego, Jade. I didn't want my husband to find out. I swear to God, I didn't kill anyone, right? Yeah, but you would know because her husband is her lawyer and she has to keep this from her husband. With whom every everyone's every sex scene she has with this guy is awkward. So clearly, it's like not that good a relationship. So what the hell? That's my other question that comes in around here because this is where the the movie itself is an unreliable narrator. So through the first part of the movie, I'm like, oh, Linda Fiorentino and Chaz Palminteri seem like a really happy couple. Like he is sending her flowers and like she's very loving with him and like sure they have a weird friendship with her ex-boyfriend but whatever they seem to be like a very loving couple where after the murders we then are presented with like haha you thought they were a loving couple no she's miserable and i'm like i only thought that because you told me that (laughs) (laughs) and chance palmateri's having affairs yeah yeah and it's not not until that sex scene between the two of them that you realize there is something weird because up to anything like oh she's he's cheating on her but she's not aware of it because she's you know still treating him, like him. him and they have the sex scene and she's like crying and stuff. So I was like what wait what I, I know what the hell is that like, what's uncomfortable that? is what that was yeah we then get the line is the investigator say this is what i i was guessing everybody's quote was going to be it's maybe one of the greatest lines i think has ever been delivered in our movie so the like the the i don't know the tech experts this is like a classic 90s like cop technology expert comes in and is like we we found we were able to recreate we took the video cassette and this is i i wrote i played it three times to make sure i got it we were able to transfer and enhance the video using software algorithms. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Uh, like, what does that mean? That that, those are just like, some words that got thrown around back then, like techies. They just make it sound techie, say algorithm and software. And <laughs> We used software <laughs> algorithm. Like, yeah, I, I would guess you did. I was so um, disappointed when they were watching the video and they zoomed in at one point. I was so disappointed when Curtis didn't say enhance. I know. Enhance. No, yeah. he did. He said enhance. He said enhance it or zoom in. No, he said zoom in, but he didn't say enhance. Uh, you, you always got to zoom in and then say enhance. Because when they I zoom in, it gets pixelated. Oh, that's right. Enhance. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. The quality was pretty good. It didn't need enhancing. It was pretty good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's true. And then you see. It's Linda Fiorentino in the video uh, having sex with some other guy. With a John. Yeah, it was some dude. Again, another point where the detectives should have been like, thank you for your service, David Caruso. Let's ha- I, uh, you know, keep your eye on the newspaper and you can see what happens with this case because mm-hmm. it will not involve you. 
but whatever he's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna talk more with angie everhart i'm gonna learn she's willing to meet with us and talk again i was like she seemed pretty willing to talk before but all right sure talk with you walked out on her (laughs) yeah uh so he's gonna meet her at a restaurant and you, in anyone who has ever seen a movie before, <laughs> something is wrong. As we get yeah. fifteen minutes of Angie Everhart yeah. walking through Tai Chi, <laughs> she's walking right through, like really walking right through them. Like she could have easily just walked around them. I know, yeah. I know. Or just park also, the car also like so, Caruso like goes to a cafe <sighs> right by where they're gonna meet. Mm-hmm. And he's like sipping his coffee as he sees her. And then it gets really confusing, like what direction she's walking. At one point, she's like walking past the shop. And then like you get a shot of her like behind. And then you get a shot of her in front of her walking. Like, what is she going to the cafe or away from it? It, it felt like yeah. not just real time. It felt like more than real time, where it was like <laughs> hyper real time. I mean, how could David Caruso be watching her walk all this time? And and you just cuts back and forth. I'm like, this has been going on for a long time, man. Is he confused? Wait a minute, is that her? Yeah, it's like that scene in Airplane. Are we meeting in the cafe? Are we meeting in the park? <laughs> It's like that scene in an airplane where they're just landing the plane forever and they're just going from gate to gate to gate. It's like, good Lord, how long is this landing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We then do get a pretty impressive stunt sequence, which I didn't replay it, but I... I when she gets hit? Done, like, practically, this is... I don't think it was impressive at all. Oh, really? I, got, I, laughed out, no. I laughed out loud, but I will say it was effective. It was more like an ooh than it was like a I mean, ha that looked stupid. It was effective in the movie as like a, like a shocking thing, but I was like, you could tell the car was like 15 feet away from her and she just like got jerked back by a cable or whatever, but I it guess was like it, oddly timed and it was like oddly framed. You could tell like she wasn't anywhere near close to the car. It was I like this. It, 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 it was this and then the stunt at the end of the scene. Both of them were really bad to me. Like but the way any, I guess I'm so I guess I'm at a point where anything I see that is practical, yeah. <laughs> it's like badly done practical. Well, I'm still like, yeah, it just I think I felt like it was overdone because like she gets hit and then she like flies back like 20 feet into a car and smashes the window and everything. And it's like it just felt like it was a little over overdone, I guess. And the scene at the end, because at the end of this, this, well, we'll get through the chase chase sequence and I'll get into it. But. Well, yeah, because then, so she gets hit by a car and Caruso was like, whoa. I felt like he then probably took like a couple more sips of the coffee. But then like- runs He runs up. up, he runs kind of like a maniac too. He's just like, yeah. well, and, I know you can't, it's a podcast. So you can't see me, but you know. He, well, yeah. then the car turns around and runs over Angie Everhart again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before speeding off. And- and again, like any ADA would do, he hops in his car and, and commences. Well, before he, he, Cody, he was being responsible. He clearly commanded a random stranger to call 911 and say it was a code whatever. Code, code three, I think he said. <laughs> call 911, code three. Wait, I was like, okay. Check on it. He's just like. With that intense voice. 
He's just like, is she dead? I don't know. Maybe you, total stranger, called 911. Anyway, I got to go. I got to get in my 1987 Dodge Charger for a <laughs> car chase scene. Because that's how we're doing Yeah, it. this car chase was awesome. The Maybe. cars are all jumping like. Yeah, you, your second scene in the movie of cars speeding down the hill. <laughs> but this I, time he had brakes. Yes, and boy, he, would he need them. Yes. <laughs> I love, by the way, there's two things about this car chase I want to say right up front. One, I love that they did it with like junk cars. Like David Caruso yeah. is seriously driving like a 1987 Ford Escort or something. Like, <laughs> not a nice car. It's like the paint, it doesn't even look nice. They were just like, you don't see this anymore. Well, he's not a DA don't pay yet. ADAs what they used to. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other one I want to say is, and this is again a half compliment, half insult. I don't know if I've ever seen a car chase before where the guy driving it, the guy initiating the car chase seems more unnerved behind the wheel. Like you almost feel like if you were getting that sound, all you would be hearing from David Cruz was, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I've never seen a car chase before in a movie that comes to a complete stop twice and just oh, like yeah. takes a break. And it, uh, it's, the first half of it is like, okay, it's a pretty decent car chase. It's intense. But then the second half is just so like insane that it's yeah, hard to even there, describe. And there were so many times too where the guy getting chased could have just like ended it and like right. gotten away, but through his stupidity, like right. kept him in David Caruso's sights. Yeah. I really loved that, that one point where David Caruso loses him and he even gets out of his car. He's like, oh. Yeah. And then if the other guy hadn't revved his engine like a lunatic, <laughs> right. he could have just been like, all set, you know. I thought it was all clear, yeah. And, he, and he's still like darting through traffic, like he's being yeah. chased. It's like, God, man, you're 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 clear. You're home free. Yeah. And I thought the scene was over there. I was like, Oh, he lost him. And then he sees him zoom by down the hill, and he's like, Oh, he gets in his car and drives down the grass, the grassy hill into the next street, and mm -hmm. it just gets so crazy. It, and then at I, one it, point, it, at one point, they literally just come. They stop for a red light. Yeah. like traffic and the the guy being, multiple red lights right the guy me chases at the, the head of the line of cars so he could absolutely go but he's just, literally just sitting there waiting for the red light to change and david cruz is at the back and he's like gets out of his car he's looking around it's like <laughs> well, I, I thought when david Crusoe got out of his car i'm like just go run to the right. car like you're, yeah, you're two cars there. away he's sitting there waiting for you it could sprint for it the guy in the front who had no problem mowing people down in that parade through Chinatown, but now he's like, oh, I mean, I don't want to run a red light. I mean, there's like <laughs> dozens of dead people in that parade, but he's like, I mean, yeah. Oh, coming up on my favorite part, too. <laughs> yeah. The whole movie. By the way, I have, I, in two years ago, I was on that street in Chinatown, like that. Really? Where that uh, parade was shot. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. I, I recognize that. I will say for a movie that has a lot of this, uh, it has like a very like like Asian influence in the, in, the, in, in the production design, as well as just having lots of, lots of actors of, of, of Asian descent, you know? And I was thinking because the, the, the key to the mystery is Jade. Jade is a, is a mineral, a, a gemstone that's associated with Asia. Right. So why was this just kind of like, eh, whatever, we're just driving through Chinatown, like mowing people down. I thought maybe they'd be like some kind of like a cross connection or like the Asian mafia was going to get involved. I thought this was going to be a much more interesting story than just a whodunit with like a sex worker. 
you thought you thought they might actually put a, like a little more thought into like the cultural implications of all of this, and they were like, you yeah, know, yeah. literally like just some level of this is so surface level. It's it, it, I I agree with you though, Jack. You're right. It's what makes it particularly sad. Of like, it's kind of acting like it's deeper, but it's like no, it's not. No, there's there's nothing there actually. We didn't really put any real thought into this. I'm but gonna say I love the end of the chase. Are we at the end of the yeah. chase yet? He loses he loses the car and he's like slowly sneaking by in his car. Yeah, so the, the chase ends at like a, on like a pier or something like a by the ocean, and and there's like a I, I don't know if it's a warehouse or something. Oh, but he's like homeless people. He's like driving slowly like alongside this warehouse because he thinks the car is in there. Then at one point the car is in there and it comes blasting out at him and it hits the side of his car, which just goes flying into the ocean and then it drives away. It gets away. But that stunt drove me crazy because like the car comes out, hits him right in the side and his car like jumps up in the air and then flies to the side. Like it's clearly like a, a cannon, like an air cannon on the bottom of it, but it, like the jumps up like car. six feet in the air and then like, Ooh, it was just that, that, that one looked pretty good. R2D2. Have a girl and then get killed by the car. But so yeah, that, that sorry, car, the car pounced him from the from the bushes. Yes. So I then, loved it. I also had been wondering all car chase. I was like, why are they shooting this with such a junky car? Like, why is David Caruso's car like such a heap? And then I'm, at the end of the scene, I was like, oh, they didn't want to put a nice car into like. <laughs> into the ocean like they were going to yeah, be yeah. having they were going to need so many of this car that they were just like no 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 get me like you know seven 87 ford escorts and two of them are going to be going in the water you know uh, yeah so that the, the other person gets away and he gets out of the car in the water and is fine um yeah. then it goes to they the cops basically tell him like oh yeah like uh the, the the couple there, what I can't remember their names. Um, they have three cars, and one of them is a black Thunderbird, which is the car that chased you down. So we're gonna go talk to them again. Yeah, and and, and we're gonna like, bring them downtown. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. bring them downtown. So last time we interviewed her next to the shooting range. This time we're gonna interview her in the boiler room of her basement. I think. Uh, and they just kind of, and again, like Linda Fiorentino should be very, very freaked out. Like at this yeah. point, Angie Everhart is dead. Like David Caruso was just, you know, pushed into the water again. He seems, you know, mm -hmm. totally unfazed by this. This is just a second car accident of the day. Yeah, Mondays, right? <laughs> kill him. Yeah. Um, Days. And and she's just kind of like it. it, it and it's very weird. It, it's very. It's almost like she wants them to think that she's the main suspect. Um, it's acting really very shifty. Yeah, she's working against her own interests. Like Absolutely. all she has to do is to, is just say, "Look, look, I'm 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 a sex worker. Got this alter ego. I don't want my husband to find out about it." But I mean, clearly, I mean that would be illegal too. But why not just go down for prostitution? Why make it so you seem like a mass murderer? I don't. Yeah. And at this point, why doesn't she just say, I got to get away from my husband? Well, because it's OK. So because the movie wants you to think that it's her. I, yeah, I, I feel like she goes through this interrogation, not giving any information. Then she comes over for a sexy visit with David Caruso. Like, oh, OK, let me, let me spill all the details to you now. You yep. know. 
Yeah. Because um, he, so he shows them the video of her with the guy. Yep. Uh, and so she's like, well, I only did it that one time. And that was the only time I ever reached on my husband. And then she comes to him in a little bit. It's like, no, I've done it a lot of times and I love it. <laughs> After another bizarre sex scene where she's having sex with her husband and she says, is the tape turn you on? And he says, don't talk to me like that again. Never say that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we haven't really talked too. like, she's also like a world renowned, like psychologist too, yes. in addition to being a sex worker. That that felt very tacked on to me. That feels like the ba- like that feels like they saw somebody saw Basic Instinct, and they were just like, "Hey, make her a psychologist too." That seemed to work in Basic Instinct because mm-hmm. it's such a throwaway. It never really, kind of like what Jack was saying. The the movie like introduces this idea of like she's a psychologist but never does anything with it. It never comes in in a meaningful way. It it Mm -hmm. ultimately means nothing. And they kept replaying this clip of this talk that she gave where she was talking about some state that people can get in called like blind hysteria where like they act on pure emotion and they get so into it that they have no memory of what they did. And it's like (laughs) the whole movie, it's setting it up that that's going to somehow play into the murder. And it really doesn't at all like everyone in the end knew what they were doing and were completely aware of it yeah and and she was she just happened to be like no it's just a weird coincidence that i'm a the michael jordan of sex workers and a highly regarded psychologist it's just i don't know like it, it goes unsaid. And, and i also love because again this is the subplot the movie doesn't want to do which is Caruso, like she, Linda Fiorentino comes over for a sexy visit and David Caruso's like, I seem to be the lead investigator and the lead assistant district attorney on your case, but I can't resist you. You're too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you can't too many stories about Jane. It's this been built crazy. up so much. Yeah. And I'm, you saw the video I'm, 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 he recognized that he recognized the container of pubes because he has one of his own. <laughs> oh, what a twist. I'm, I'm just so confused. Like knowing what we know now at this point in the movie. So she's a world renowned, like psychologist author and psychiatrist. Who, yeah. Who, who is not satisfied in her marriage. So she connects with this museum curator guy whose idea is to blackmail a bunch of politicians and somehow their relationship of being on a museum board evolves into blackmailing politicians by her being a sex worker? (laughs) You got it, brother! There's a core level where this movie is like a studio executive or like Joe Esterhaas, somebody like Joe Esterhaas, they liked Joe Esterhaas's basic instinct and then somebody said, hey, also that Heidi Fleiss scandal about high-end call girls seems kind of interesting. Could you just uh-huh. throw that in? And he was like, um, I, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I'm pretty you know. sure, too, that um, William Friedkin like rewrote most of the script once he had it. Yeah, jo- mm. Joe Esterhaus and William Friedkin have both confirmed this to varying degrees that like that Friedkin re- redid it a lot. And Esterhaus has said he doesn't, he did not like the final script, but that Paramount basically like paid him out, and he was like, okay. yeah. 
And you, you the, 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 the writer's guild, he had to keep his name on it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And also, how would no one know, like, she's, she's having sex with all these high-level people. Once again, she's, like, a very prominent doctor who's on the museum board, who in theory is a public figure. Like, how are these like, people, it. like, not having sex with us being like, you look kind of familiar, Jade. Do I know you from somewhere? Did I see you talk at the Guggenheim draft? Exactly. And then, so then we find out that the nosy neighbor, the guy with the telescope, had his is murdered and has his head bashed in. Uh, I was wondering who that guy was. Yeah, I, they don't, they kind of bring him yeah, back. I actually in. didn't realize who that was either. Yeah. yeah. This should be a like flashing red light event for like all of the, like David Caruso, Linda Fiorentino, like everybody should be like, whoa, like we're red alert. Like whatever is going on here is well beyond the murder of a kinky guy. Like, like this is wild. But instead, we just cut to one of the craziest montages I've seen. And, and, and you guys were too young, but like there is nothing more 1994 than like what is essentially like Enya music played. Yes. I was hoping you were going to go there. I, I am old enough to remember. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is, I mean, I had to write down. You need like, a solo vocalist doing a Celticish sound. With, yeah. with techno droning. I tell my like, who can say where the road goes? That's exactly it. Yep. And it's, that, it's, and always, it's the same thing where they're like, is it a lot of movies? Eyes declare a truce of trust, darkness, her crimson cloak. It's like, what? Like, like it's just all of a sudden you're like, what are you talking about? Like, these, you know, they're just like haiku words like jumbled together as we're watching this kind of kinky scene, but it's kind of like not that kinky. It's like medium kinky. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's an R rating. It's got to get in theaters. Come on. Yeah. It's like suburban housewife kinky, I guess. Yeah. Was, um, that, was that a job she was doing that night? Was that, like, I that was like once. I think, I think that's what, went, yes. She, she just went back to work. From David Caruso's place to... Yeah. She goes back to work. She, at this point, knows... Angie Everhart was been murdered. Mm-hmm. Nosy neighbor murdered. Uh, the guy who was hiring and running this whole racket murdered. She's like, cool, got to get well, to work. You well, know? I was confused by this too because, like, she—I mean, as far as I knew, she was just doing this with the the guy with his right. house, and he's dead. So I thought she, I didn't know that she would just go off on her own and just keep doing it. Like, like who else is who? Who else is like, like? running the business now is she just doing it all herself is she her right. own pimp? i don't know i mean again angie everhart set her up as like the the goat of like sex workers you know she's like she's the greatest you know like maybe she had her own connections going maybe she's yeah start her own uh <laughs> i don't know god how inadequate must you feel if you're chas palmitary that like you've driven your wife to to do this yeah i know he just wouldn't turn her over that's it it's that's what you know she likes that's it true. she likes it and she likes it in different positions the missionary and he's like nope if not, they, not not if doing they played it that angie everhart interview for chas palm <laughs> three 
I mean, he would never recover from it. Like, <laughs> that would be it. You know, he'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, It's just funny because she started the whole, she's like cheated on him for the first time because she found out he cheated on her. And then it just turned into her just being like. Yeah, I know. Was she now? Was that? But was that BS? Was she like making that up? Has she been a sex worker like since even way back when she first met David Caruso before she met Chaz Palminteri? I don't think so because she seemed pretty genuine in that moment when she told him that because she's like crying and stuff. Like it felt like so. It it started when she met the museum curator who wanted to. I think so. Yeah, and extort people. That's a pretty big escalation right there. So Chaz Palminteri having an affair was essentially like Michael Jordan getting cut from his eighth grade basketball mm. team. And she was yeah. like, that's it. I'm about to become the greatest ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's exactly, that's just, that's just the spark she needed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's somehow a genius. Career she's somehow like, she's a Jedi, ma- and she's a Jedi master at sex, but she doesn't, but not when she's with her husband. Right. Yeah, he doesn't get to see Jade. Right. No. But she comes home from work um, and... Her house is all dark. And then. Oh, you know, and that was a great callback when she tries to turn on the lights, because in the first interrogation scene, they when they when they had to move the interrogation awkwardly from her sitting on the couch to her standing up, they had a shot of her turning the lights on. So now, you know, when she tries to turn the lights on and they don't turn on, something is wrong. Wait a minute. They weren't before. (laughs) That's genius. filming. It is. Their maid has been murdered. Yep. And at the same time, Chaz Palminteri is coming over to like, I don't know, like fight with David Caruso or something or like. Well, David Caruso called him from the murder. He used the the dead neighbor's phone to call Chaz Palminteri and say like. After putting his hands all over the dead neighbor's body, he's like, I got to. Oh, of course. (laughs) <laughs> I, love, I love when he's at the crime scene of the dead neighbor. He's like, hey, is this guy on the phone I could use? <laughs> like a quick call. And the movie takes a bizarre twist where for like a period of like eight minutes, it becomes a buddy cop movie with Chaz Palminteri and David Caruso. Who, and, and, and Chaz Palminteri is furious at David Caruso because you know he's just. I mean, in one way, he's like, "Hey, I'm tired of you showing me uh, videos of my wife having sex with other guys and treating my wife as if she's a murderer." Be, you know, but okay, let's go be buddy cops and like see who's in my house. Let's end this once and for all. Yeah, um, and we find out. So it's it's Michael Bean that other unnamed. <laughs> yeah, so- and this is like a last minute red herring, right? I, I don't so it's the it, it, it's two of the cops, Michael Bean, another cop, and the governor's guy who have right. just broken in to harass her because of her connection to the guy who was trying to extort the governor. But then later we find out that the killer has always been Chess Palminteri. Well, but this is why this movie right? this the movie's like is so bizarre to me and just doesn't make sense because there's like too many crimes happening there's like mm-hmm. they like totally forget about the original murder and it's like then they're trying to figure out who's uh, i don't even know like who's killing all these other people it doesn't seem to have I, it's just so weird it's, it's like then you, yeah then you get these, these guys breaking the house to like steal documents or whatever and i i don't know it's I, it all ties in at the end but it's like why i'm not even sure i agree with that i'm not sure they were just stealing documents because they killed the maid i think they were maybe gonna kill 
Linda Fiorentino too. Oh, probably yeah. But I think they're they're at, they went in there. They were stealing. They're going through the documents and stuff, and then we're probably waiting for her, and we're going to kill her. I guess, and they were going to kill her. I, I mean, again, but the way Michael Bean was acting, he sounded almost like a creepy serial killer who might cut someone up with an axe. Yeah, the way he was talking, the way he was handling her, and the way the way he was attacking her, it seemed like he was going to hurt her. Like he, like it was beyond just we got to rub her out to protect the governor. There's just too many things. There was some pleasure going on there, and then all of a sudden, so that's like okay, they did it. But ah, uh, uh, five minutes left to the movie, someone else did it the whole time, and it was just coincidence. And I thought that was why, because well, it's a thriller from the '90s. That's why. I'd also like to say I like Michael Bean a lot. I'm a big Michael. Sure, Bean. I got nothing against him. I don't. Him. I don't think this is his fault. But Michael Bean, for anyone who's seen The Abyss, Michael mm-hmm. Bean is basically playing his character from The Abyss with the exact same like arc, like of a character who seems like cool, like cool, but a little militant at the beginning, and just becomes crazier and crazier as the movie goes on, mm-hmm. and then by the end is just like a like a mustache twirling villain. Um, and I don't think this is Michael Bean's fault. I think he's doing the best he can. Like he, he is one of the most ridiculous characters in this ridiculous movie. But it's yeah. like mm-hmm. but they, it's they don't. Like he must have just been like, oh, I guess I'm just my character from the Abyss again. But they don't. They don't set him up at all. It's like he. Right. There's like a little weird tension between them, him and and Crusoe, and like he sees them talking to the other cop in a parking lot at one point. But they don't. They're not like in the movie enough for me to be like. Because when I'm trying to figure out who did this, I'm like, okay, it's obviously not her. It's obviously not him. Like, who else is in this movie that you would care about would be the killer? And I'm like, I guess, yeah, I guess it's the, those cops that you see every now and then. Well, you'd also uh, want to say to Michael Beans, Bean, I don't even know. You don't even know that. You, you know what's yeah. want to say to Michael Bean's character? Are you sure you want to be, like, killing people for the governor and killing Linda Fiorentino and doing this stuff because David Caruso might be on to you? How do we mm-hmm. know David Crusoe's on to him? Because David Crusoe grabbed him by the shirt and said, I'm on to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I didn't know what he meant by that. Cause like, I didn't know what he, he was. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe my, maybe Michael Bean should have been like, Hey boss, let's cool it for a little bit. A guy just grabbed me at the office and said, I'm on to you, which is kind we can't of, get this. We can't get this. Be hanging out in the police station. Like we need to get rid of him. Yeah. Well, a medical examiner was trying to do an autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, so, okay. So, anyway, Michael Bean gets, I somehow he, oh, Jazz Palmetary shoots Michael Bean. I think the other guy, the other he, cop gets killed. One, I think Jazz Palmetary. No, because the, the, gov- the, governor's, the governor's guy is in the next scene that the governor is in. But yeah. he clearly was involved in a firefight. I don't remember him escaping. There are no, there are three guys because one gets yeah, because one guy gets killed and then Michael Bean gets Michael killed Bean. dramatically because he's the one we're supposed right. to recognize. And then and then some other guy, some other the governor's guy. guy. I think he just escaped. Not, he, he oh, maybe not. Oh, you're you're saying that 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 third guy wasn't at there. That whoever, place. whoever the third guy was escaped. He like ran out. Yeah. Of- oh, he did. Okay. So that's the, that I is the governor's the guy. guy. Yeah. Who was arguing with Michael Bean outside the car where you couldn't hear the right. conversation. That guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By the way, that guy's fantastic in Manhunter. That actor. Yeah. yeah. He's what? a adventure regular. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's why I recognized him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So then. So then, after all this, he goes. David Caruso goes back to the governor. And basically says like leave. I can't remember what her name is. Linda Fiorentino, the character, leave her alone. 
or if anything happens to her, I've got these pictures of you having sex with a prostitute. And then, right. he, he made, and then like, I thought, well, like, why would you say it to him? He can just kill you now. And then the governor later says like, well, what if something happens to you? Yeah. And Caruso looks at him like, I didn't think of that. He's like, <laughs> I don't need like just uh, what 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 I said before. Just leave her alone. Yeah, yeah he's like, just leave her alone. and the governor's like, just get the f out of here. <laughs> leave. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. It's like he just panics and says something nonsensical. He's like, well, I have pictures of myself having sex with a prostitute, <laughs> so I'll just see myself out. It's it's so un it's so unsatisfying because you're right. Like David Caruso is just kind of ignoring like. Uh, yeah, Angie Everhart was murdered. Nosy mm-hmm. neighbor was murdered. The mm-hmm. maid was murdered. Uh, probably all those innocent people in the in 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 the Chinatown parade were murdered. Were murdered. But he's like, I'll let all that go as long as yeah. you uh, just just don't bother my once and probably future girlfriend. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and so also, I've got my eye on you, and it's like, <laughs> what? Like this isn't yeah. okay. Also, at this point, like, okay, this movie's over. They haven't said who killed the first guy because all the these guys working for the governor to kill people were doing it because of that first murder it happened after that when they discovered the pictures so you're like that's mm-hmm. still unresolved and then they go on to resolve it and in, in the dumbest in my opinion the dumbest way possible yes yeah yeah we're chaz palmentary's like hey i'm missing a cufflink and it's like, oh, it's the cufflink that it's the cufflink that somehow the evidence collection team missed but yeah. that super super investigator David Caruso found, and then, but, and then instructed the instructed his fellow officer to hide. The but, mysterious does this not make any sense though? Because he he grabs that cufflink and gives it to the woman, and says, "Don't say anything about this," as if he knows what. Like, oh, I know that cufflink. Don't yeah. say anything about this. So he's trying thing, to protect his friend. Presumably, he knows that it was his friend who did it, but then he's like going after Linda Fiorentino, like she did it. Like he, he's acting like he doesn't know who, do, who, who did it, but doesn't he know that he did it or not? Would this not be a more? Would this not be a more interesting movie if our three leads were the killers the whole time? Well, I thought at one point that David Caruso was going to be the killer because uh, David Caruso is one of the killers. Yeah, yeah. Like he he had some weird flashback to the crime or to like the crime, the murder. That I thought at least I thought. Oh wait, is really he? His actions in the movie become really mystifying if he has the cufflink, and he knows that all along. Like right. nothing he does makes sense. Like right. based on, and also I mean, he, the woman who he gives it to, nothing she's doing makes sense. But we don't even know who that character is. So she may not even know the significance of the cufflink. Yeah, maybe he's got a spare and he needs one. I don't know. Like, why would he even give that to the police in the first place? Why wouldn't he just hold out to himself the cufflink? Right. And then have that be the aha at the end. But even yeah. then, that wouldn't make any sense. It'd make him a piss poor investigator, but still. Well, yeah, so. Uh, so the, char- was it like, did the characters know they're in a movie? Because you're right. <laughs> he just hold on to the cufflink. It's right. like he, we, he, we need the moment of him giving the cufflink to someone else for movie purposes, yeah. but for no internal so, logical reason. It never comes back except when we say, oh my God. Yeah. But, but I, so I was reading, I don't know if the rest of you read this too, but like, so the movie ends with him basically telling Linda Fiorentino, yeah, I killed him because he showed me the pictures of you with these other guys. And so I killed him so it wouldn't get out and ruin us or whatever. And then, you know, he makes a creepy comment like, yeah, next time we make love, you got to show me Jade or whatever. And then it ends. I guess originally there's more to that where David Caruso is actually listening into that conversation and recording it. And then the movie's supposed to end with him going in to arrest him, which right. is like, again, he's not a cop. He can't just arrest people. <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why they left it out though, because the movie ends with David Cruz just never figuring out who killed the original guy. Like he just gives up on that apparently. I think he knows though. But like, then why did he not? Like, I don't understand it. Why is he not? I I don't think he wants to bring down his friend. I guess is the only thing I can think. Because I mean, I think you're supposed to think that he knew that from the beginning. Because I mean, that he knew what the culprit was. But then why is he working so hard on investigating this crime? You know, I mean, to where he's going out of his way to do cop things to. Yeah, like, uh-huh. he, he, yeah. like, like yeah. slide his car down grassy hills, yeah. but like, but you're right. The movie is positing that David Caruso knew all along who A was heading up a major criminal conspiracy and who actually violently right. murdered a guy. And like, if you're trying to protect your friend, then you wouldn't be accusing his wife of of the murder who you're in love with too. You would be like finding some other red herring and be like, oh no, that redhead uh, did it. You know, Angie Everhart did it, and. No, yeah, I, I agree, but I just I don't I don't see. No, right, it doesn't make any sense. But it's like I don't understand why if if he didn't know from the beginning it was Chad Palminteri, why would he ask that cop to not put that coupling right. in with evidence? Like he right. has significance. Yeah. yeah. Was it Chad Palminteri who was driving the car that drove through the parade? We don't know. I don't think I think so he could throw there. so he could throw suspicion onto Jade. Or was that Michael Bean's gang doing that? I think I think he killed the first guy, and then he was like done for the rest of the movie. He didn't do anything. Okay, other. so you think he only killed one? I think the other stuff, all any all the and other everything stuff else happened as a result from other forces as a result of what came out because of that killing. Yes. Okay. I I will That's I will I also say spoil mild mild spoilers for a thirty uh, year old Harrison Ford movie. In addition to like the the basic instinct influence and just the general sexy thriller influence, um, the cufflink storyline seems to be a a just a bad copy and paste from presumed innocent. For anyone who's read that book or seen the movie, it is a um, uh, I don't I guess I don't want to totally spoil it because it's a infinitely better movie than this and a pretty good book. But it is sort of like the way they do a twist where somebody in the movie thought they knew something all along, but they, where they had evidence and they were just kind of like willing to do some things to cover up for a friend. And it just yeah. seems like a kind of lazy, like copy of that as well. Yeah. Probably by I, William Friedkin. Yeah. I, I just felt like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't do anything with that, like showing him purposely kind of directing things the wrong way or anything. You know, it just, right. Just right. in the yeah, context of the movie. No, yeah, like Brian's saying, there's no actual, like, right. y- y- there's no strategy to it. There's no yeah. strategy other than I'm going to have something incredibly imp- uh, incredibly incriminating, but I'm going to give it to another police officer right. so that to incriminate myself <laughs> and make things worse yeah. for me. And the irony of it, too, is if Chad Palmateri hadn't killed that guy, nothing, I mean, he said he did it to protect he and his wife, but like, Nothing. How did that protect his wife? Happened. Yeah, no, all, all the murders and the suspicion that came after that could have all been avoided if he hadn't killed the guy. Here's here's a crazy idea. What if Chaz Palminteri had just kidnapped that guy and thrown him off a boat? You know, like, right? You know, I, like why kill him in such a violent, weird way? Um, yeah, yeah this yeah, this movie's not good. Or just um, like, I'll do, or then put a, put a gun to his head and get all the, like the evidence and yeah. like destroy yeah. the evidence. Yeah, he can he can live. No one's gonna believe him if he says I got pictures of your wife screwing a governor. He's got all the evidence. No one gets killed. 
there, there is a real possibility that if Chaz Palminteri had picked up the pubic hair collection and sold it on eBay, <laughs> that David Caruso team never would have figured this out. He could have gotten so much for Jade pubic hair. Oh my God. Yeah. The, 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 the burgeoning collectibles market. They could have um, bought another car. Yeah. Yeah. Better car. Let me do two so wrong it's right. Um, first one I want to do, well, first one I want to do, did you guys, in the first meeting with the governor, the governor makes a joke and says, if these, or it's not a joke, a threat. He says, if these pictures come out, you will have as much of a future as Jerry Brown. Did any of you get that joke or that threat, no, like what the implication was? Because Caruso even says, who's Jerry Brown? Yeah, but I think he was trying to be smart by saying, I don't know who that is, right? Like kind of saying, wink, wink, what? Don't, don't tell anyone about my, about my crime. Dot, d wink, wink, what crime? You know, like that. That's what it's, I thought he was saying. It's a, it's a very topical joke. Uh, Jerry Brown was, uh, did two terms as the California governor. And at the time this movie was made, he had had... He had just made several unsuccessful runs for U.S. president. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, he was U.S., you know, was governor of the, you know, biggest state in, in the country. Uh, you know, he's got no future. He lost the presidential bid. Uh, after this movie, uh, Jerry Brown went on to have three and had to have two more terms as uh, governor of California, and he became the longest serving governor in the history of California. So saying you're gonna have as much future as Jerry Brown is actually a pretty good future. Really uh -huh. stamping this movie. That line did not age well. Did not. Um, also- well, This movie can't catch a break. It cannot. And, and this movie mostly killed everybody's career uh caruso's career went i mean between this and kiss of death which came out yeah. in the same year and both of them same year yeah money, he was doomed uh linda fiorentino did show up again in men in black but this mm -hmm. kind of she did unforgettable the year after this but then that was yeah. it for well like, she did dogma too right with the coming she's in dogma yep she's in dogma she kind of became a, a more of a supporting actress but like it was a, like the rise and fall of Linda Fiorentino was very, very rapid. Um, was she the female lead in Men in Black? Yeah. yeah. Okay. As close to a lead as you could get, there really wasn't a female lead. But yeah, she's the love interest for Will Smith. Okay. So she was the one that became like the agent at the end. Yeah, yeah. Of the first one. Okay, yep. gotcha. Uh, however, just three years after this movie, David Caruso and Linda Fiorentino did another movie um which Day two the name of um i'm gonna pull it up right jade two i know it's electric called body count <laughs> uh they are the stars of it david caruso linda fiorentino 1998 movie went straight to video oh so thing that the the uh well, he'd be all right for himself though he got csi miami style he yeah, became the king of the pun, the king of the one-liner, the cool, the cool sunglasses. He he brought it back. Yeah, this is I mean, all just preparation for that role. I I think Caruso actually is a pretty good actor, and I think maybe like TV was a better fit for fit him. for him Obviously, for his style and for his technique. Sure, sure. Yeah, but um, that I th that I think is what is what sticks out the most about this movie is that um, 
this 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 idea and i don't know if this was true or what the i but the idea of well i'm i'm so hot on tv well now i can say screw you tv i'm a movie actor now i don't know if that was his agents pushing him to do that if that was really how he felt if it was a difficult decision for him or not but the implication at least that i remember maybe in tabloid press was that he was just kind of given the number one rated tv show in america the middle finger so he could go off and be in a mediocre thriller right yeah. why didn't he just stay on tv you idiot right he would have done you would have made bank yeah but I mean, his- who knows you know you never know he, he could have stayed on nypd blue and it could have gotten canceled the next year he could have jade probably looked amazing on paper and then ended up stupid in the edit you know yeah i mean if you if you take michael j fox and george clooney out of the equation the history yeah. of the like people leave a giant TV show to make movies is like not great. Mm-hmm. And actually, Michael J. Fox made his first big movie while he was still. Well, old. Fox, I've seen in interviews with him where he was actually kind of proud of the fact that he could make it in both. He sort of appreciated them both as separate art forms. Right. I can. Why can't I act in movies and on television? I'm not going to abandon TV. I'm going to work on movies when I'm available. I'm going to work on TV shows when I'm available. Why not? It's kind of has this working actor kind of attitude yeah. instead of sort of this. Well, I, I, I no, I, I'm not going to be in a movie that's on Netflix. I have to, no, I have to be in a theater, right? It's not, you know, there's none of that kind of, yeah. I kind of appreciate it. Yeah. Um, before I have to run, let's do a quick, is it so bad? It's good. Cody, let's start with you. Is this movie so bad? It's good. Uh, I don't think so. No, okay. No. I mean, there's it's there's some craziness, and that the car chase scenes I think are are worth watching, but I don't know. It just bored me. It was too, it was too conv- it was too convoluted for me. I think it's it is very confusing. Jack, what do you think? I think it is because there were enough laugh out loud moments for me. Um, like just like WTF laugh out loud moments. Also, it reminds me of a time in Hollywood when there was just these erotic thrillers coming out like every five minutes. You got a little nudity. You got some really confusing whodunit plot. The main character gets trapped and 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 has to compromise their values to escape it. It's all the same film, and the ones that are done great are great but there's only like five that are really great. And then the rest of them are garbage. And there's just so many of them. And it just reminds me of the nineties. And I think nostalgic started to kick in for me on that one. I, like I, think, that. I think sliver was the best of all those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The worst. Like I, I agree. I think sliver is funnier to watch than this is. Uh, Brian. What uh, you yeah. Think? Oh yeah. I, I, I definitely rewatch it, especially like knowing the ending, like just like, rewatching some of the scenes knowing what we know and yeah kind of what, what jack said it was kind of nostalgic for me but it was more for me nostalgia for like seeing like these movie like the the trailers on commercials and stuff and wanting to see the movie but then my parents not letting me see the movie because there was too much sex in it but now that like, i can go back and watch them like okay this yeah. is what i was missing <laughs> I, I'm with, I think I'm with Jack and Cody. I think this is, this is the first time I'd ever seen it. And I, and I was telling Jack before he went on, knowing that I worked at a Blockbuster video in 1996 and 1997, it's amazing I didn't see this. Cause when you work at a Blockbuster, you see everything new that comes out. But I was like, I'm not seeing that. Wow. Um, but I, I did, this is so, dumb and the 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 storyline is so incomprehensible and like what david caruso was even doing like the character is even doing is so nonsensical that i do think it's so bad it was good and i laughed a lot at it um 
I mean, I laughed out loud when that sort of like Enya knockoff song came on. Like I was like, this is incredible. Um, it, it might be the first movie ever with like a lawyer as the main character without a single courtroom scene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. There are no courtroom scenes. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, I, I would say like, you know, there's, t- I think you can fast forward through some stuff, you know, like the car chase in like both of the car chases. I mean, you know, get a little bit of like David Caruso's like frantic face and like yeah, how like yeah. unhinged he is. But then it's like, I, I don't know, at that point you kind of got it. And, um, and, and yeah, trying to make sense of any of it is impossible, but I, I think this was, this was pretty funny. Um, and I was, I was very glad since this was a cold watch for me, had not seen it before. I was happy as I was watching it, that it was as crazy as it was. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, that does it's a great, great holiday movie. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I know I wanted a holiday movie, but I was like, oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't find one. And then I saw that on prime. I was like, Oh, I can't pass that up. Um, Pubic hair and kinky sex. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're getting in your stocking this year, Brian. (laughs) Yeah. What everyone thinks about it for the holidays. Um, We will be, we'll be back soon with another good one. Um, My schedule is supposed is hopefully going to be lightening up. So I should be able to be uh, back on track with these. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully if my brain doesn't completely melt down. Um, but yeah, we'll be back soon with more of these until then. Oh my God. Jack's, Jack's face is frozen in what looks in, hold on. Enhance. I'm frozen. Enhance. Did I, I freeze? Yeah. You froze. Did I, like, freeze? I, used, I used a software algorithm to enhance it. Oh, <laughs> and you got me back. You're, and you're back. I was right. going to, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I was going to go, I was going to go get some Crystal and some Beluga and some Wolfgang Puck. Oh, this, have a good night talk about that they opened the fridge and there's like a wolfgang puck pizza in there and it was like what? <laughs> I, I, I left at that part when he's like caviar champagne wolfgang puck this was a sex house <laughs> <laughs> or wolfgang the, wolf, the wolfgang puck really <laughs> really put it over the edge six <laughs> six pack of miller light frozen uh frozen tony's pizza it's gonna be I, I just imagine Wolfgang Puck potentially watching this movie and seeing that scene. It's like, come on! <laughs> Why am I associated with this? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean about my pizza? It's the best product placement ever, brother. Take it. Take it. So bad. There's no such thing as bad press. Uh-huh. All right. So I bring this one to a close. We will see everyone back here real soon. Indeed. <laughs> Bye. Bye.